It's time for the lesson tea presented by Family Golf and Learning Center and also the good folks with Elevated Performance. As we bring aboard our guest today, uh, it's fitting because he's not only a PGA of America golf professional, he is the owner and operator of Family Golf and Learning Center, a, a place that is changing the landscape of golf in St. Louis, Adam Betts. Adam, how are you, my man? Doing great today, Jay. How are you? I'm good. I know you're getting your game ready for next Saturday uh, and the St. Patrick's Day Scramble at Gateway. That's right, man. We're, uh, tournament golf is upon us. It is, and the weather has been good. Some of the things we're going to talk about today, um, you know, I, I want to remind people that, on you know, it, it may not be 60 every day for the next month. And, of course, you've got some of that indoor practice facility that will intertwine into some of the questions and things that people are asked. But don't forget about that, folks. Let's just start off with an update. I guess a month ago, six six weeks ago, you had the big kind of grand opening with the Wizard and Darren Pang, and your wife hits an unbelievable shot. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, what's going on? I know you're getting ready for the, the real season. Yeah, so we launched the new the new clubhouse opened uh, right at the new year. Uh, so it's been you know two and a half months, and it's been uh, crazy. Really, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people are coming over to check out the new building, check out the restaurant, eating lunch, hanging out on the terrace now that it's getting warmer. Um, but the Sims have been very popular. Uh, that's the indoor golf powered by TrackMan. We have three simulators. Um, the indoor practice room, which we call our scoring lab, that's been really busy with various colleges, universities and high schools practicing indoors on colder weather days. So uh, we're having a lot of fun. The restaurant, the back nine, we've uh, started some new lunch specials each week and uh, also a Bloody Mary bar on Saturdays and Sunday mornings. So uh, we're just, uh, you know, trying to create a fun, inviting experience at Family Golf. There it is. If you want to go on a Saturday or Sunday morning, get your swing on, maybe play nine on the on the, the, the short course, um, and then have a bloody to your liking. You've got it down the, on Marshall Road. You you can you can do it. That's fantastic. Uh, if Steve is is serving you, he will definitely take care of you, my man Stevie C. Yeah. Um, everybody. Yeah, no question about it. And that's kind of what you, you guys, like I said, are, are changing the landscape. Um, my buddy Skip Burton and I wanted me to ask you the first question. Sure. And it's an interesting one. You brought up TrackMan. Um, since you've been an instructor, that's come about. Mm -hmm. How has that changed your approach to instruction? And maybe how should it change the public's approach to instruction? Um, I mean, that's a really good question. And there's, there's obviously a lot that TrackMan does, but it's just a scientific approach that basically tells you exactly what's happening at before and after impact. Um, you know, as an instructor, I'm always trying to get people to find the center of the face with a square club face so they can control their golf shot. Um, and what TrackMan allows us to do as, as instructors is really identify uh, where the problematic ball flight's coming from. Um, it's really incredible uh, how many golfers don't really realize the science or the physics behind why their ball flies in a certain direction or why they slice it too much or why they hit a hook all the time. Um, and so TrackMan really gives us a scientific, logical, easy to understand uh, way to explain it to our students. Um, and it helps them kind of gain the necessary knowledge 
for them to be bought into the change that that we suggest they make. So, well, so and, uh, it's a great, it's a great tool. And we're going to have some questions about some of those things that you mentioned. So, um, it, in fact, Paul um, wants to know how to draw the golf ball. He hears that term. He's basically saying how to make the ball move from yeah. right to left to turn it over if you're a right-handed player. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it all is based on club path. You know, you have to, you know, deliver that golf club from the inside of the golf ball. Um, and that's, what's going to curve it. Uh, you know, it, it comes with good setup. Um, you know, you can set up, you need to be square to your target. Um, some people draw the ball by aiming just a hair to the right, which also kind of promotes that inside of the target line, um, attacked through impact or the path. Um, so you have to come through the inside. Um, and, and that's something that we like to teach at family golf. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't hit draws. They actually turn it the other way. So, uh, a lot of our activities in our, our drills that we promote during lessons are to teach people how to find the inside of that golf ball. So do you, let me ask you, because, you know, when I was playing or, or starting to play or getting better, there was a lot of talk mm -hmm. about feet movement or, or feet position. And I guess that was to help in terms of the direction of the club naturally coming back. Yeah. How do you feel about that in terms of feet position? Well, getting to the inside of the golf ball is going to be a lot easier the more you play the ball back in your stance, um, a little bit, you know, back of center, uh, because that club is kind of not rounded out quite yet. So you're 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 able to get to the inside of the ball a little bit easier if you are hitting or, or setting up with that ball uh, near the back of your stance. But you know, um, back in the day, you know, Nicholas always said, if I'm going to draw the ball, I'm going to aim right. My club face is going to aim left and. And that was the way that I learned how to do it. Um, and that is one way to do it. Um, but, you know, there, there's more ways, a lot of ways to get a cat and draw a golf ball. But more than anything, you have to be from the inside of the golf ball. That is that is the number one key. My question for you today is, is simple. I see all these people get jazzed up about the new driver and, you know, let's spend 450 or whatever. I got to get a Vokey wedge that's a buck 60. Yeah. I, I I just think people might be more beneficial spending 400 on a series of lessons or maybe a clinic. Um, and, and I know that there's sometimes it's like going to the doctor. I mean, you know, your golf pro doesn't have to be your best friend, but you, you got to be able to relate to them. Um, I just think people need to think more about instruction than equipment. Yeah, you know, you need direction with your golf game. Um, if you're going out there and just tinkering, trying to figure out something, trying to feel something, trying to change it on your own, um, feel is not real. So having a, uh, a watchful professional eye behind you in order to kind of explain, hey, this is what's going on and this is the direction we need you to go with your golf swing to see more consistency, see more improvement, see better strikes. Um, you know, that's a big key. You know, there is some great product out there. We love doing the club fittings. You know, if somebody's looking for a new driver, we start with their driver and we, we get all the numbers from TrackMan to make sure that, you know what, we can find improvement in your ball flight and in your ball speeds and uh, with a new driver. And so we basically want to show you the difference um, and prove to you that it would be beneficial. It's not always. So if it's not, then we're not going to sell you a driver. If, you, if your driver is the one that performs 
best, we're going to keep that in the bag. So, um, you know, that's that's our approach. Well, and that's the big difference from when you and I started playing the game to today. I mean, we had to, you know, get a club off out of a bag and take it to the range and see if we liked it and if it felt good, and then we put it in our bag. It's yeah. the, the, the information that's out there, the information that is available at Family Golf and Learning Center as it relates to equipment is off the charts. Now, Sandy from Daytona, Florida, who found us on Twitter, she wants to know what your best tip is for making short putts. And I think what she she may be having a case of the yips. Oh, I hope not. Uh, Sandy, I hope you don't have the yips. But if you do, practice. Um, putting's all about confidence, right? So you got to be over the ball, uh, confident that you're going to make it. Um, you know, if, if I was going to teach you, I would, I would teach you the problem alignment, making sure he is aligned, relative, you know, parallel to your target line, making sure that you're not, you know, open to the target or close to the target too much. But for making short putts, you've got to make sure your alignment is correct first. Then you got to make a confident stroke and really stay in the putt. And by staying in the putt, I just mean you have to stick your finish. We see so many people kind of hit a putt and, you know, move their head or come up and out of the putt. So we want you to just hit the putt and stay right where you are for maybe one or two seconds uh, and I always call that kind of stick your finish. And that really helps um, a lot of people with short putts. You know, I, I recently interviewed uh, Crash from Elevated Performance. And their, their golf facility is, is at Family Golf and Learning Center in Kirkwood. And somebody asked a question after they saw the video. They were like, or they, they posted on, on the video that, mm-hmm. man, I wish I would have gotten um, more into the physical aspect earlier. Right. And, and what Crash was saying is it's never too late, especially with flexibility or range of motion. So yeah. I, I also think, you know, the 15 handicap probably thinks, what the heck's that going to do for me? But tell them what right. it can do for them, maybe using an, uh, somebody from elevated performance. Well, you know, I can just speak from personal experience. You know, I, I didn't work out a whole lot uh, in my earlier years. Um, now that we have the resources with the beautiful gym and the resources of Crash and Murph up there helping people out, um, you know, personally, I've seen a very quick transformation in terms of uh, the control I have of my body, the balance that I have through the shot. Um, you know, that that's really key. I mean, you have to be able to understand how to move your body properly to hit a good golf shot. And so what they're doing is, is bringing body awareness and, and getting your mind to understand how, how to move your body properly in the golf swing. So um, it's just an incredible tool, a great resource. We're excited. We're going to start yoga on Thursdays and Saturdays now, golf specific. So that's going to be good stretching and, uh, and for the longevity of the game. You know, we want to help people hit the golf ball farther up there. We want people to play longer. We want people to play pain-free. So it doesn't matter your age. Uh, We have guys up there in their 70s working out uh, and also kids in high school. So um, it's never too late. You were right in that statement. Well, and I'm glad you said it because, you know, for somebody that may have physical limitations, that may not be able to take it back as far or turn as much. These guys know what they're doing, and they're going to get the get the most out of uh, you know what your body can still do, or maybe make it better. 
Right. Uh, I think that's really important for people to know. Now, Eric D., a uh, nutty golfer, he <laughs> says he's typically pulling out his seven iron around the green, trying to hit a bump and run shot. Yep. Um, is there maybe a, a way to help him as it relates to bump and run shots? And then his follow-up was, um, how do you decide whether to make it a bump and run or give it a little more loft? Yeah, okay. Um, here's the deal. When you're around the green, you want to try to hit the lowest loft you can possibly hit and have it land on the green. You know, uh, so, you know, I'm not going to teach anybody to, to hit seven iron, even though I've, I'm telling you to use less loft. I'm going to go like nine iron first, and I'm going to consider, can a nine iron land on the green and get close to the pin? And if, if my answer is yes, then that's what I go with. Um, I always say you hit it low when you can, high when you have to around the greens. So you don't just go up with your lob wedge because you missed the green because you don't really know, know yet. I mean, I'm taking all three of the wedges that I like to chip with up to each green um, because, you know, you never, you never know what trajectory you're going to need. So it's very predictable understanding how the ball is going to react when it lands on the green. So that's why we encourage people to land the golf ball on the green using the little, the, the least amount of loft. Um, seven irons, that's kind of like a, a, a thing in the past, you know, um, you know, because, because of the loft changes in the clubs. So a seven iron today is the same as a five iron was 30 years ago. And so that's probably why he's having some trouble. So I would just encourage him to start the bump and runs with a nine iron, maybe even a pitching wedge. Um, start there. And if you have let a, a little amount of green to work with, you might need to add some loft and maybe get that 60 out to land it on the green. So that would be my advice. And, and that's good advice. I think, you know, the, the days of, of seven iron chipping, if you will, are over. There may be some instances or if you get comfortable with it, whatever the case may be. I, I want to, before we get our last couple of instruction questions, I want to talk some instruction because you have and, and the best staff. Um, in town, a period. Rob Sidorczyk is incredible with all different levels, does incredible work with high school and college kids. Um, Bobby G, Bob Gauss, I mean, that guy's a, a living legend, period. Um, I know RJ kind of runs a lot of the stuff, and you got two gals. Talk a little bit about your, and, and Blake is an up and comer. Tell me a little bit about your teaching staff. Uh, we're very lucky to offer the golfers in St. Louis an opportunity and the resources to use any and all of our teachers. Um, you know, we have an incredible staff. Uh, we just uh, hired one other teacher because we are that busy. Um, and, and that's really awesome. We, uh, you know, our teachers are very, very experienced. Um, as you said, Rob's been teaching for many years. He's, he's a great uh, developer of competitive junior golfers, um, as well as Blake and Bobby. Um, they work well with our junior programs and uh, then you have Sabrina and, and Melissa, who are our lady teachers, and they're they're great teachers. Sabrina's um, bread and butter is the corporate clinics, so look into into her offerings uh, if if corporate clinics are what you are looking for. Uh, Melissa Amlong's really great with the beginning juniors and the ladies, um, really relatable, great golfer herself. And then RJ is a great teacher, also. Um, we just have a staff, and we have a lot of different personalities, a lot of different teaching philosophies and approaches. Uh, and we like to match our students up with the proper coach. Um, and we have a lot to choose from. So uh, uh, great resources for the golfers to learn about their game, to learn how they can improve through our teaching staff. 
Yeah, I, I've got to tell you, folks, never really in, in, in the history of, well, I mean, since I've been around the game and I'm getting older every day, um, has, has there been a, really a better better crew of teachers, um, diverse, different thoughts, different, you know, you know, you find the right one, you get the right feel. It's a super situation. Now, um, Dennis wants to know, he just got back from a golf trip in Gulf Shorts. He said his playing partner would line him up every time, stand behind him, and tell him he's square to the target. But he consistently seems to draw the ball too much. He wants to know maybe what he's doing. Is it, Maybe it's not an aiming issue. Right. No, if his body's aligned properly and his buddies are giving him that feedback, then he's in good shape with his alignment, his body, his feet, um, his shoulder line. Um it sounds to me like his his grip might be a little too strong. I'd, I'd want to identify his grip first. Um, for a righty, if your hand, both hands are kind of pulled to the right, a little bit more under the club with your right hand, that can cause the club face to twist closed in the backswing. And, and then you're delivering the club with a closed club face, which, as hopefully we all know, hooks the ball. So I would first address the, the, the grip, um, and then I would, from there, you know, kind of need to see his golf swing to see if it's a swing issue. But I would say start with the grip. Make sure you, you can neutralize your grip um, and, and keep, that allows you to keep the club face square through the golf swing and through impact. Adam, you think most people hold the grip too tight or too loose? Too tight, 100%. Um, you know, tension is the root of all evil in golf. Tension is, is the worst thing um, that you can have in your setup. Um, and if you're gripping the club tight, you're going to have – tight fingers, tight wrists. You're, it's going to go all the way up your arm into your shoulders. It's going to restrict uh, your shoulder turn. So having a, a tight grip is very restrictive uh, in a lot of ways, and it causes more problems um, than good. So I would always tell somebody on a scale of one to 10, if, if you're gripping it as hard as you can, uh, that's a 10. If you're barely holding it, that's zero. Try to be in like the five to six range. You, you know, you want to have control of the golf club, um, but you want to be able to, you know, let your hands uh, naturally work. Because in the golf swing, what are you doing? The golf club is following your your body, and uh, you know your arms are not going. Your arms are going to work by themselves the more tension you have. And so that disconnection in the very beginning of your golf swing can just be caused by grip pressure. So um, yeah, definitely five to six on a scale to ten with grip pressure. Light it up, folks. There you go. All right. That was for uh, Kevin. It says he's six foot one. Um, he's, he's got a standard length driver. Um, you know, and we haven't talked about custom club making, which you do as well there, but he wonders, should he have a longer driver? If he's six one, you, you know, again, you probably have to see how, how he stands. You know, I think that the interesting question, I'm six one, uh, I have a standard length driver. Um, you know, a lot of people on tour are, are tinkering with longer drivers now, but they're doing that for, for distances, re, distance reasons. They want to gain, gain distance. What I would tell this gentleman is if he's having trouble striking, consistently striking it in the middle of the face, then we may need to address a different length. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I've seen people go shorter, even guys over and, and above six feet go shorter because they hit it off the toe too much when they're, when they have uh, the longer length shaft. So um, it might be the opposite. We're not sure, but um, it's not something to address if you're able to consistently find the middle of the face. If you're seeing hits out on the toe and the heel consistently, uh, then we need to address uh, a fitting and play with different lengths and shaft. 
good information. And our last question on this week's lesson T, and I'll mention next week, Crash is going to join us because we're nice. going to get everybody fit before April 1st and, yeah. and the Masters. Um, Susan, she says she's got a five-year-old boy who's been to the range, starting yep. to enjoy it a couple of times. At what point should he get instruction um, and and uh, maybe a, a full a set of clubs? Sure. Yeah. So um, once there's interest and and the kiddo likes it, uh, that's when you start engaging. As you can see in the picture, there we have we have four and five year old kids in in those pictures there uh, doing junior golf just this last Wednesday. Um, so our junior golf programs just started. Um, we have programs for any age, any skill level. Um, but if he's five years old, he's enjoying it. You know, we want to get him into a clinic so we can teach him the proper fundamental. When you're learning the game, it's it's as, just as important for when you're learning the game or if you're a competitive player, but your fundamentals need to be sound. And so when the kiddo has interest, we want to teach him how to grip it right, how to stand, uh, you know, in the proper posture and align themselves. Um, because then we're just starting good habits from the very beginning. So five years old is not too young if there's interest. I love it, and I love that aspect back to the juniors, and I know how much important how important it is to you. I'm sure they can go to Family Golf online and, and get the information. I'm sure you guys are going to have summer camps. That's where they can get the information. I mean, it might take you a day to mess with the website because they got so many things that they're doing <laughs> at Family Golf. Well, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. That's for sure. All right, yeah. my man. Well, you have a, you have a great week. We help folks today. Crash will help them next week. Thanks so much for your support, and thanks for making golf better in St. Louis. Absolutely, happy to do it. And everybody, enjoy the week and the good weather. Hope to see you out of family golf practicing with your family and friends. And Jay, always a pleasure talking to you. You got it, my man.